gonna make him an awfully gamble for you. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. 1.21 gigawatts! I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. This is Sparta! You shall not pass! Here's Johnny. Uh, there was a firefight! Onto your butt. Welcome to the briefcase. You know, there's a million fine-looking women in the world, dude, but they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. Hello, and welcome to the briefcase, a show that attempts to encompass everything filmmaking from an independent filmmaker's point of view. I'm your host, Matt, and sitting across from me is the Chewbacca to my Han Solo, my longtime co-conspirator, but most importantly, business partner and co-host Dave. Dave, how the hell are you? <laughs> Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. I hope they get that fixed. Mm, sounds like you need pills. Uh, and speaking of pills, bills. Like that? That was terrible. Dave's about to spit his beer out. Uh, before we jump in, let's pay some bills. How about that? This episode is sponsored by The Comic Collective. The Comic Collective is a group who has come together to celebrate and share their love and passion for comics, cosplay, and everything in that growing community. If this sounds like you or someone you know, head over to Instagram and search the underscore comic underscore collective and follow them for everything comic book related and more. This episode is also sponsored by Westchester Fight Club. Are you like me and you made a New Year's resolution to get in shape but you haven't lifted a finger yet? Well, have no fear because the staff over at Westchester Fight Club will help you keep on track. Their friendly, knowledgeable staff will help you reach any goal you have in mind, whether it's losing a few pounds, learning how to defend yourself, or even getting yourself on a personalized meal plan. Mike Chirico and his dedicated crew will be there every step of the way. So if you're in the greater metro area of New York City, come check out Westchester Fight Club. So here we are, episode three. Yes, sir. Didn't think we'd make it. No, not at all. No. Um... I have a long track record of starting things and not finishing them. I think that's why we work so well. <laughs> because we both start things and we're like, eh, man. No, we put it to the side. Like, eh. No, let's move on to the next thing. Fuck <laughs> it. Who cares if we finished it or not? Oh, man. Um, Hence comic book documentary. <clears throat> well, you know, Elijo Solo is a great example of that, oh, too. Jesus. At least I finished that fucking thing. Yeah. God um, damn it. So we just dropped a few hints of uh, an upcoming project we're working on. Uh, and we dropped a little bit about a project we have worked on. So when we last left you, and we apologize that our origin story has now become a three-part series. Probably move on to four at this point. <laughs> Let's not bore the shit out of these people that much. <laughs> Someone said to me today, oh, you're working on a podcast. I said, yeah. And they said, what's it about? And I said, you know, the, the gist of the show is filmmaking from an independent point, uh, point of view, uh, independent filmmaker's point of view. And they're like, oh, wow, that sounds interesting. I, I can't wait to hear it. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's only interesting to me. <laughs> and Dave. <laughs> so, 
So no, but what we're really trying to do is just to like share our experience, you know, let you guys know that you are not alone. Yeah. You know, there's a million and one things that go wrong on set. <laughs> and they always do. They always fucking do. Because yeah. Murphy's a motherfucker. Yeah, he really is. You know, but that's just really to share our experiences. And, you know, a couple of people was like, you know, you, you should start a podcast. And I'm like, nah. Nah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, like I was telling you earlier, like, podcast was not my thing. And then as I started listening to more podcasts, I was like, fuck it, why not? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the other uh, point of reference as far as, you know, everybody saying like, oh, you should make a podcast was... Uh, when we talk about films with other people, whether they're filmmakers or not, everybody's like, you guys are so enthusiastic about film. And I guess it's true. It's kind of hard to, you know, kind of look at yourself talking about something. But there's something about film that you and I light up about. And we're like, oh, and did you? And yeah, we know these weird tidbits and things. We go into it. We go deep into it. Yeah, like you and I can ramble about just one specific movie scene over and over again. Like Why we love it, why it sucks, what what makes it... Even you know. through our emails and text messages, we're <laughs> yeah. always like quoting movies. Uh, yeah, we're those guys. Yeah. Right? So I mean, there's a lot of people out there that can quote movies, but we do it, I don't know, in a very different way, if that's possible. I think it's like almost like secondhand like I, oh it's it's it comes out language. and i don't even think about it you oh, know yeah, what i mean yeah no we have in jokes with movie quotes too and stuff you know again uh you know if you've been listening you know how long me and dave have been friends with if you're picking up for the first time me and dave have been friends for at least 15 plus years not ending anytime soon no i don't think so i think we cemented it with making briefcase productions pretty much uh which is kind of the point of topic um we last left off on the last episode second episode to be redundant um kind of our origin story. And I, I think this episode will kind of wrap it up and bring us into the present. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So I'm tired of talking you know, about it. We got some pretty interesting stuff coming up. Um, we do. With uh, certain guests uh, yep. we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. And things of that nature. Sure. But I guess we just want to get the Theme origin. Episodes. We want to get the origin story yeah. out of the... Not out of the way, but just like kind of playing catch up. It's like a, it's we're setting a base because it's kind of hard to... You know, when you make friends with someone and then... They introduce you to their friends, and those friends have been friends for years. You're coming in in the middle of something, so yeah. we don't want to alienate anyone because we know what it is to be alienated. Um, um, so last episode, I was finishing up kind of how um, I got my current work position and where uh, my status was with the now established uh, briefcase productions. I had uh, finished video editing, a video editing course. I was already uh, with my audio engineering certifications and stuff like that. And I decided that not only was I going to be a writer, I was going to be the sound guy, and I was going to do preliminary uh, edits. So this is, I am 2011. No, summer 2010. Well, I graduated in 2011, but... It's kind of hard to tell this story without kind of going back and forth. So here's, yeah, oh, that's right. So here's a bit of a flashback for you. So you want to handle that for a second? We established briefcase, I say, around summer, maybe spring of 2010. Well, we kind of said, okay, this is going to be our production company. We're going to work on TV, film, production, music videos, etc. Right. And I think you finally wanted to jump in and do your, I guess, directorial debut yeah. with heart transplant. So, right. you know, you got to, you know, tell the folks, <laughs> tell the folks at home, where did heart transplant come from? 
Um, so I think I watched you, like Rob did de facto, he wrote and directed de facto, and you already had a bunch of stuff under your belt. And I was like, hey man, I want to direct. Because at that time, um, my... It's like playing jump rope, you were waiting to get in. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, I don't know the rhythm. Um, for me, one of my kind of, uh, like, I don't want to say heroes, but like uh, uh, role models was Rob Zombie. Growing up, I was big into White Zombie, the band, and then Rob Zombie went solo, and he started doing Rob Zombie work, and I loved that stuff. And then he started directing. But before you get into that, Uh I remember you specifically having a picture of someone in your wallet. Who was that (laughs) picture of in your wallet? Uh, It was me when I graduated high school. Lies. (laughs) It actually was, because people wouldn't believe that I looked that way. But the picture Dave was referring to is I I had a, a picture cut out of a magazine of Rob Zombie. Because, like I said, he was a role model. So, um, the way Rob Zombie went about his career, I thought, oh, that'd be, that's a great way to do it. At the time, I was in a band, right? I knew you, so you were like my fill-in. And Rob Zombie directed all of his um, music videos, like for most of the music videos for White Zombie and then into White, uh, excuse me, into Rob Zombie. He's done stuff for um, Ozzy and... Uh, Black Label Society and stuff. So I thought, oh, you know, that's a good way because now here he is directing his own features. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's the way. I'm in a band. I'll start directing the music videos. And I'll just, and then they'll give me a film. (laughs) Which, by the way, I totally did enjoy his first um, House of a Thousand Corpses. His freshman effort, I guess you could call it. House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, it was fucking. So bugged. It was a, if you're a Rob Zombie, I don't want to get too, too deep into this, but if you're a Rob Zombie fan, and you've seen it, then you know exactly what I mean. It basically is one hour and a half long, like white zombie Rob Zombie video, but it's like it's all homages to things like um, Texas Chainsaw Mask, all the yeah, stuff he definitely. grew up on. Uh, go if you're interested, go do a little research about Rob Zombie. See, read some interviews where he talks about his um, love of horror films and stuff like that. He's a he's a fan of film, you know. But um, especially horror film, like oh yeah, he's he's a encyclopedia. Yeah, he seems like he seems like he seems like he just talked for hours about just horror film in the genre. Oh, I'm sure he could. Um, uh, so yeah, right. So that was that was kind of my aim. So now I see Rob's got de facto. You've done a bunch of stuff, and I'm like, hey, when do I get to do mine? Now I'm a I enjoy reading. Some people are really into reading. Some people aren't. I'm one of those that is. Fuck reading. <laughs> it is I, re- reading is fundamental. <laughs> but if you're my boss, he says readings for dummies. <laughs> Meanwhile, he reads like a book a week. Oh, my God. I, yeah. w- I wish I had that. Uh, so I'll give you a side note real quick. Oh, I have Jesus. a friend who's a doorman, and he used to work the night shift. He was the front doorman. Now he works in the back and receiving and stuff. He would read a book a day. Jesus fucking Christ. But, of course, this kid was also reading um, college level in our eighth grade. God, a book was- a day? Now, well, that's mine. His, his reading speed must be insane. It's insane. His appetite's insatiable, by the way. He gave me two two boxes that you'd get um paper in you know the reams of paper he mm-hmm. gave me two of those full of books that he's read and he's like i just got to get rid of them Jesus i have i still Christ. have most of them I, for the record i haven't touched one of them <laughs> not surprised but anyway um so i love reading and ray bradbury was is in my top three favorite authors and i was reading this short book this uh, short story book of collection of ray bradbury stories and this this um short story entitled heart transplant really struck a chord with me and uh, because I kind of felt like I was living it. It was very weird. But um, so I decided we should do an adaptation of it. And one late evening, I sat down and with a glass of whiskey and I, you know, adapted 
the book, the short book, the short story rather, to a uh, screenplay. And then I brought it to the early incarnation of Briefcase Productions. I said, this is what I want to do. And everybody read it and they were like, yeah, we can do this. It wasn't the, the hardest part, well, I think, was making it um, appear to be set in the 50s. Yeah, it was very different from all the other stuff we've done. Everything we've done has been like modern. Gritty. Yeah, modern times. White. Now, you know, this was supposed to be in color, period piece. Yeah. Lit completely different than what we've done before. Yeah. So it was a bit of a, a challenge on my part to do this. Yeah, I think everyone, and you know, day of, everyone really rose to the occasion. I think uh, we had a great um, cast and crew, and everything came to get, came together really well. We shot it over, was a Saturday into a Sunday at a motel in um, Long Island. I'm going to tell you this story. Now, the way I'm going to talk about our films and stuff is something that I wanted to preserve for future episodes. I might have mentioned it in episode one or two that I wanted to take time and have episodes where we talked about each production and what we put into it, what came out of it, what did we learn, what did you know, what went well, what went poorly, do we win awards, blah, 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 blah. I really want to get in depth with some of that stuff. Because if you're a, a budding filmmaker, uh, I would want to hear this stuff. So we shoot Saturday into Sunday morning. I very I remember this very vividly. We rented like a church van, basically. We took out the last couple of rows and we put all the equipment. We had the cast and the crew in the van driving back west to the city to drop people off and whatnot. And the sun was just breaking and I was listening to explosions in the sky. So I was having this I was having this very euphoric oh, moment. It's having this very man. euphoric moment. I just directed my first thing. <sighs> okay. And by the way, I'm superstitious, so I bring things to set that are very superstitious for me. So when we shot that film, I had uh, a Rob Zombie hoodie, but I didn't have it out. I had it in a bag because I was like, okay, uh, you know, I, I need something. It was my Rob Zombie hoodie was my superstition, my weird superstition. So uh, we're, we're coming back and all is well, and I'm just like, oh, I got through it. And so the next day... Um, and I'm, I'm living in my mom's apartment and I'm just hanging out or whatever. And Dave calls me. He's like, Hey, uh, you mind coming outside? And I'm like, okay. So I come outside. He's in the car, I get in the car. He's in the front seat and Robert Dumay is in the passenger seat. And you know, if I didn't know any better, I thought I was going to get fucking whacked. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought you guys were like, were chopping me from the, from the crew or whatever. You know? <laughs> it like, felt- why is Rob sitting in the back? Yeah. Shut yeah. up. Just get in the car. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, what's that brown paper bag for? Um, so I sit down, and I believe you said to me, I don't know how to tell you this. And then there was a silence, and I went, okay, just just tell me it. Because if you ever come to me and you're like, I've got good news and I have bad news, I want the bad news first. I always want the bad news first. So I say, just tell me it. And Rob doesn't say anything, and you go, we lost your film. And I just kind of go, what do you mean? And you said, we searched and we searched all the hard drives. We looked everywhere we could and we can't find it. The only thing we found was like the last two hours of shooting, which is about 10 minutes of footage. Yeah, that was like the last couple of scenes for some reason. That was the only fucking thing that transferred. Yeah. So um, (laughs) I remember going, okay. And you just like, I think I took it worse than you did. I I was like, (laughs) just fucking like. 
about to fucking commit Harry Carey in front of you, bro. Like, dude, I am so sorry. You know what I mean? Like, I felt fucking horrible. Like, your first fucking film. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, between the time it left the camera, the card that left the camera, into the computer, into the hard drive, didn't fucking register. Yeah, for whatever reason, it didn't transfer. And we're not... We still, to this day, have no idea. um, I still have the last three clips. I still have them to this day. I do, too. They're on a hard drive somewhere. Um... So what ended up resulting the and I'll never forget myself saying this too. You you basically tell me like that's it. I have no idea what to do and I'm really sorry. And there was silence and there was about like maybe five seconds of silence and I was thinking about it. And I just remember looking up and going, All right, so what's next? And <laughs> Way to take it on the chin. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? You you guys you were the pro as far as I was concerned, you were the pros, you were like the tech guys. You you did all you could, you couldn't find it. And that's why I felt even more horrible about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it is what it is. And, and so it became, it just became another learning experience, like to really be careful about the footage you're transferring, you know, know your gear and, and stuff like that. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, this could have been either the f- maybe second or third time we've shot with cards. Because mm-hmm. all the early stuff was shot. On digital, meaning tape, right? Meaning mini mini DV tape, yeah. You know, Lucifer, uh, the Omen, forward. the Omen, Forward, uh, with the exception of Elijo Solo. Mm-hmm. But this was only like, you know, I only had a handful of times in doing it. Yeah, memory cards were still kind of, and they weren't even memory cards yet, weren't they? The um, the Panasonic. Uh... No, no, no. We shot on the EX one. We had the S by X S by S cards. Gotcha. Um. But yeah, somehow, some way, for some reason, mm-hmm. it wasn't just, transferred properly. Just disappeared. Yeah. I go to open it up to start organizing the footage, and I'm like losing my fucking. I mind know that home. feeling too. You get that real weird sinking feeling, like this vertigo. Your face just starts turning red. You get all, hot. Yeah, you, you get instantly hot. You start yeah. sweating. You put on the fucking air conditioner and it's winter time. And it's, <laughs> it's just probably one of the worst feelings in the world. And because then, it's not only. Not only is the film missing, but it's not your film. Yeah. And now you have to tell someone that their film's gone. So, yeah, and there was no way. I, I spoke about it with Rob, and I was like, there's no way we can do this shit through an email, phone conversation. We have to go talk to Matt. I mean, I appreciate that. Trust me. I didn't, I didn't, know, you, I didn't even know you guys had that conversation, but I, I yeah, appreciate that. we were like, that. yo, how do we do this? I was like, yo, we got to tell him face-to-face. <laughs> it's not, hey, text message. Hey, by the but way. The, <laughs> your you film's know, missing. Film's missing. Sad, BRB. Sad face emoji, which didn't even exist at the time. LOL, JK. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things that just... And for the record, that's probably the only time that's happened. Yeah, I mean... If, like, you think about it, that was the one and only time it happened. So let's put a pin in that because that's... Uh, it's an interesting place to put a pin in that particular project because now at this point, uh, we move forward and we're, like... Should we float into summertime now? Yeah, man. <clears throat> Summer of 2010 was crazy. We had a lot. For for Briefcase Productions, we had a lot going on for 2010. 2010 was pretty nutty. Um, so, Stefan, Stefan Alex Vasquez from One and Only Productions, <laughs> mm-hmm. also with Carmine Rizzo. Yep. Uh, Stefan hits me up and he's like, hey, D, I'm working on this documentary. I'm doing a small little screening at this place out in Brooklyn. Do you want to come check it out? And I'm like, fuck, man, absolutely. And at Support this point, each other. and at this point, I've already shot things for Stefan. Um, I believe we worked on um, the 
the Blunt Chronicles, the, the Blunt, Blunt Diaries. The Blunt Diaries. Um, I was his DP for that. Um, I believe we also shot um, this other film that was just like on a whim. Like, yo, I have this idea. We're going out to this farm out in Jersey, four-hour drive. Let's shoot this thing. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck it. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. So at this point, we've worked on a couple of things already. Yeah. Did you? Was the Blunt Diaries the one where you shot? Uh, you went to uh, Red Hook? Uh, not Red Hook. Um, oh my God, Clerks. Um, yes. No. 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 That was for a Wizzle's Tale. Wizzle's Tale. Okay. So the first thing we worked on was his first feature film called The Wizzle's Tale, and they needed one more shot to complete the film, and it's a scene that the main character is just running through a bunch of different things. Mm. And at one point, it cuts to black and white because the colors, the, the film's in color. Cuts to black and white. The main character runs by the quickie mart from Clerks mm-hmm. and he stops in. <laughs> so that was, I think, technically the first time. And there's a really dope photo of us yeah. in front of... Uh, I'm very jealous I'm not in, in that I, photo. I wish you were. You need yeah, to, I need right. to Photoshop you in that photo. No. <laughs> but to it, make up for losing it, my No, film. but that, that photo... Like it really is one of my favorite photos because of the fact that it's like all of us has been inspired by clerks at this point. Kevin Smith. So we yeah. so we finally go to the you know to the quick stop or the quick mart whatever the fuck it's called and we shoot this scene and we we wrap his film his film's wrapped he screens it at Columbia University. Um. So we've already shot a couple of things and he's like I'm working on this documentary this EDM documentary I'm like EDM like. I had I knew he was a DJ, yeah. but had no idea what he was getting into. <laughs> I don't think he did either, ah, dude. It, <laughs> I can't wait to have him on to like explain to you like the snowball effect of what came about yeah. after the oh, Electro absolutely. Wars. He's like, so we he screens it, and at the time he's interviewed Steve Aoki. Um, he was try, I think he already had part of like the justice scene in the documentary when like they literally sneak into Webster Hall but I don't mm. want to talk too much about it now yeah no no we you can't know what I mean? we can't but like, like Stefan but basically like anybody that was in EDM at that time in 2010 Diplo he fucking had him yeah. Diplo uh, Afrojack dude it was insane the amount of DJs he had up on there mm. so he's like you know I need to shoot more interviews are you down are you in are you in briefcase down we're like fuck it man let's do it yeah. so it'll be so random like he'll call me like on a Wednesday he's like listen um, I'm shooting um, Chromio's playing out in Brooklyn I need you to come out here and shoot this interview with them and shoot a little bit of B-roll I'm like alright fuck it let's go we go to Brooklyn he's like dude we're interviewing Questlove at NBC Studios <laughs> at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon can you be there so we're there at 3 o'clock in the afternoon fucking interviewing Questlove yeah. just like you know just before he's doing the Fallon show yeah you know and and then be like and then Questlove was like, "Yo, um, where I'm DJing at the Brooklyn Bowl? Do you want to come?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, we want to go!" So we go shoot some. B-roll. Questlove asks you to go somewhere, you go. So it was insane, just like the spur of the moment. Like this is the way this thing works, man. Yeah. Um, we uh, even went out to um, Miami for Ultra. <sighs> Which is a clusterfuck of an event it, in a good way. It's the it's the biggest like dance electronic music festival one of, or one of the biggest at and the time. And the residents hate it. Dude, oh, they, they can't, stand, they it, can't yeah. stand it. Watch the fire documentary. You'll see exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> Pretty Netflix. Much. So, uh, I go to Ultra. I mean, it's like at one point I'm looking at myself and it's uh, three thirty in the morning, and I'm hanging out with fucking LMFAO. 
Steve Aoki and just in the middle of this like club in I don't know where in Florida. Somewhere in Miami. Somewhere in Miami. Yeah. And it was just having a ball. So it was like a real spur of the moment thing. And that was pretty much like that whole summer or pretty much from like spring till the end of summer till Labor Day. Yeah. It was just like nonstop, like last minute. Hey, this is what we got to yeah. do. We got to go shoot this. Which was fantastic and at the same time a little unfortunate because everything else kind of got put on hold. Yeah, that's the problem when when Briefcase starts working on production that aren't hours is exactly that isn't ours because then the time we could have spent working on briefcase stuff like now man we already said we're gonna work on this we gotta we gotta finish it out yeah you know what i mean so i mean that's the that's the only downside to it but at the same time it's a great experience yeah i mean that you you basically just had like a lot of like one-of-a-kind experiences um but that was like one of the first kind of few learning lessons we had I was like, oh, okay, time management. Yeah, time management and making sure we get the fucking footage on the hard drive. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like rule number one on the briefcase manifest. Yeah, uh, we'll publish that at some point. Yeah. Like Fight Club has a bunch of rules. We do too. Um, so Electro War is a big, huge thing for just, yeah, just for a- us as like nobodies. We're like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, more for you because I really didn't do much anything. Uh, I didn't do anything. The, actually. You know, the, the interviews were pretty much split up between me and Rob. Yeah. And Luisa at the time, I think Luisa did mostly set photography. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's it's weird because during this time is when I met my wife. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you know, it was one night we were supposed to go shoot Moby down at Webster Hall. <laughs> and a friend of mine was like, my friend Yvette was like, listen, I have this girl I want to introduce you to, yada, yada, yada. So literally, like, before we went to go shoot Moby... Out at Webster Hall, I met my wife, Nina. You met the girl that would become your wife. Yep. <laughs> my future baby moms as well. L- literally. You know, so it, like that summer of 2010 really like, you know, impacted a, our lives to like what we sure. are now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that summer was just insane. The, um, and then, and then looking at our kind of, um, our list, cause I started to put a production list together because you should be prepared. <laughs> That's another rule. Was it uh, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail? Um, I was looking at our list about things, and you know, I, I see that there's kind of a giant gap because I think I feel like um, we had the Electro Wars. The Electro Wars took up a lot of time because because we weren't sure. I, I vaguely remember like as the guy who wasn't working on it, I was kind of like, <laughs> I was like, "Hey guys, I was what's going on?" I was Farva, and you guys were all like. <laughs> And you guys were all like Mac and Ramathorn out in the field. I can't. I can't believe you compared yourself to Farva. Unit twenty three. Do you need Unit twenty three? Do you copy? Oh my god! I can't believe you compared yourself <laughs> but to no, Farva. But I mean, to, to be serious, like I was at home, just kind of like. But but at the same time, I was in school because this is the timeline. I was in. I started. Oh, school. that's right. You were studying school, so it wasn't really like there wasn't much I could do. I was yeah. working nine to five and then going to school six to eleven. Jesus fucking. It was rough, and I still to this day appreciate the big blowout that Sam put together at the yeah, end. Yeah, we did. I remember putting that together with Sam. Yeah. And I was like, listen, this guy's been going to school. <laughs> like, he needs... Like, five days a week, working we five got, days. We got you so trashed. So trashed. So fucking trashed. There's so, photos of that night. How trashed I was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think at one point, there was, like, shots lined up of, like, different there, liquor. I can tell you that story. Um, years and years ago, a good friend of ours, uh, Bobby... 
and I were hanging out. We used to hang out a lot in the summertime, and uh, we became really close. And uh, we jokingly came up. There's three wise men, which is uh, Jack, Jim, and uh, Johnny. Jack Daniels, Johnny Walker, and uh, Jim Beam. I said, well, why don't we make them the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Just throw in Jose Cuervo. It's all three, J- well, four J's. Bad idea. So fast, Bad for- idea. fast forward, my boy's like, well, you haven't had a drink in a long time, so let's do the four horsemen. And I'm like, all right. So we line them up. And then someone catches wind that they all have J's. And they're like, we'll throw Jägermeister in there. That's got a J. And I'm like, okay, I love Jaeger. And it just snowballed. It kept going. The it last going. drink I had was on Rob. He bought me uh, Jack with a uh, couple dashes of Tabasco. Oh, God, it's awful. And of course, where do we celebrate it? <laughs> At the Bruckner Bar and Grill, which is like our go-to. That's where we had Factory B. That's, you know, where... Um, Factory B, your bash of uh, graduating. <laughs> surviving. <laughs> surviving. I graduated, but I survived. Um, yeah, quite a few uh, things have gone down there. We've had your birthday. My birth- we had a surprise birthday where we all dressed in characters from Dave's favorite movies. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> Me and Rob in cooch cutter shorts as Jules and, uh, what is it, Victor? Vincent Vega. Vincent, Vincent Vega from uh, Pulp uh, Fiction. <laughs> but anyway... Yeah, so there's that. Uh, 19 shots in all. The last, Jesus Christ. The last drink I had was a... I'm glad I drove you home. Uh, you would have never made it. I would have walked home somehow. <laughs> I'd figured it out. I'm resilient. Uh, the last, I'll tell you a very, very vivid memory, and then we'll move on. Uh, I was drinking a Jack Daniels and ginger ale, which is one of my favorite all-time mixed cocktails. The Black Tooth Grin. Uh, Zach Tooth Grin. Zach Tooth Grin is actually... The Black, the black Tooth Grin is uh, Jack and uh, Coke. Mm. Zach Wild of um, Black Label Society, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Pride and Glory. He um, he has something where his stomach can't take the sugars of Coca Cola mm. and Pepsi. So Dimebag Daryl used to drink the Black Tooth Grin, which was the Coke, and then they were best friends, and he used to drink the Zach Tooth Grin, which is ginger ale. <sighs> knowledge, anyway, uh, useless knowledge. If you want to send me a hundred dollars, because I just won some. Stupid contest uh, trivia. I'll give you my email. We'll afterwards. put it towards our next. Put it, we will put it towards <laughs> our next production. Yes, and you'll get a credit. Just like GoFundMe, only infinitely more interesting and less wordy. Um, so I was had I had one, and I was talking to our good friend's wife. I don't know what the hell we were talking about. And as we were talking, it just fell out of my hand. It literally just fell out of my hand and hit the floor. And I looked down. That's how you knew you were done. I looked down on it and I looked at her and I went, "Oh shit, I think I'm done." And she just laughed in my face and it was great. So. Anyway, um, so yeah, at this time I'm in school and I, there wasn't much I could do, even though I was kind of like on the side, like Lieutenant Farvel, like on the sidelines, like, oh, I want to, I want to do something. But we weren't sure what was going to happen. And no, you know, I don't know if Stefan will touch on this, but I think from my point of view, I felt like this project was a, a monster that was ever evolving because every time we thought it was done, it was like, no, like a Hydra, you cut off one head, two interviews appear. We just did Diplo. Oh, now we've got Major Laser and, you know, I don't know, Moby or whatever. So we weren't sure, and we were kind of like, is this the one? You might want to go back, because Diplo is part of Major Laser. Oh, I know Diplo's part oh, okay. of Major Laser. Okay, okay. But I'm, I know what I'm saying. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, but it was that thing where it just kept building them. And so we, we I don't I, I felt like this might be the one. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, crap, we're going to be famous. Yeah. This big film's going to come out. And so we spent... and The, and the majority of the summer. Well into... The winter and and spring probably to October. So pretty much, I want to say 
springtime. Hold on, let me go to this. For Hitler no. in Germany. So definitely like around springtime 2010. Okay. Right. Yeah, so definitely springtime 2010 all the way up until fall of 2010. We worked on this thing. And then, Lord and behold, our favorite uh, email comes up, and it's like, <laughs> "Hey, prepare yourself for a 100-hour yeah. Grand Prix filmmaking race." Oh, that's <laughs> why we had the giant gap. Yeah, so that's what it was. So, so yeah, if you remember, if you've listened before, the was the Grand Prix film, whatever. You get your options of make a film in 12 hours, 24 hours, 48, 72, 100. So at this point, we feel like we're ringers at this point. We're like, yeah, we can knock this shit out <laughs> easy. I love that you call this ringers. That's yeah. beautiful. I was like, we can knock this out easily, right? So it's about November. Yeah. November, we get the email. I go, all right, let's do this. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who wrote it. I don't remember if I wrote I don't it, think you we wrote, wrote anything. it, or Rob wrote it. I can't remember now. Well, it's been so long. What are are we? Can we pause for a second? And look it up. That way, I can gain my thoughts. What are we talking about, though? Passenger. Rob wrote it. He did write. Okay. Yeah. I, I could. I didn't know if that's what we, you were getting. Yeah, yeah, at. Yeah, I know okay. that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, Rob wrote it. So Rob wrote the passenger, right? And we decide where we're going to shoot it, how we're going to shoot it, how we're going to chop it, music, blah blah blah. I don't think I was. Well, I don't want to get too much into it. I don't think I was really involved uh, yet. Still. Because no, you were. You and Sam are actually in the movie. We're in the movie. Because, see, at this point, I'm still okay with being in front of the camera. Not that I'm camera shy or anything. But I was still kind of like, well, I'll get in front of the camera if you need me. It's no big deal. But, yeah, like... Yeah, and you play, like, I think two or three different characters. Two, I got two characters. Right. I mean, that's, that's the budget we were on. We kept recycling actors. We had Like, to. okay, take off your hoodie, put on the glasses. Yeah. Take off the jacket. Tie your hair back. Put your hair down. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shave. So there was a little little elements here and there that we had. Even Lila with her kid was there. Yep. Um, yeah, always with friends. Yeah. I mean, you know, what good are your friends if you can't use them in your film? <laughs> if you can't uh, buy them a slice of pizza and say, get in my film. Yeah. So. Which we've done. Oh, so God, Many a times. In the beginning, it's okay to buy your friends pizza. Uh, just understand what you're getting yourselves into. Pretty much. Because <laughs> pizza gives the itis on set instantly. Oh, uh, on top of the fact that if your friends think they're actors... You don't, you know, you're not entirely sure what you're going to get. <laughs> so I think what was, uh, I think we kind of went back to, I went back to my roots in the sense of didn't want to use any dialogue. We, it was sparse in dialogue. Yeah. A lot of the dialogue happened off camera. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the dialogue happened off camera. This is very Hitchcockian kind of piece of work thanks i'll take it I mean, well you didn't write it i was really giving it to rob <laughs> oh, okay. so way to fucking take accolades that aren't yours asshole <laughs> oh man as he swigs from his beer um drinking is only for people over 21 yes so you go back to your roots in that you want to keep the dialogue simple black and white black and white uh yeah, we, we pull it off gritty it. gritty of some sort yeah we make it as gritty as possible uh different from what we've done but kind of staying with the same theme that we've it, done you know that's funny it is different it's it's definitely different from stuff we've put out before and probably different from stuff we've done since mm. but it still falls into this kind of briefcase like 
that's a briefcase film. Yeah. So if, if, yeah. if that were a thing, yeah. that's the thing. So so we shoot it, we chop it, it gets in on time. Mm-hmm. I think I get Lombardo to do the score again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get nothing. As a team, we get nothing. Yes. But our actor and great friend of our Jeff Winooski mm-hmm. wins best actor yep, out of that one. The uh, Grand Prix uh, dubbed him best actor. Yeah, he won best actor. And mind you, not one line of dialogue he spoke in the film. Um, he, I think he had one line of dialogue. Pro- oh, when yeah. Jerry comes into the car. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, he just says one line of dialogue. And that's it. Yep. I it's- think that's why he was eligible to win Best Actor. Because <laughs> he appeared on it, Yep, and he said a line. Yeah. I think um, that's like what the, the so, things are to be so, eligible for awards. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're if you're following along, we have a briefcaseproductions.com. You can go on over there and I believe the passenger is available to view. Yeah, it is. Just go to Vimeo, no, type I, in the passenger. That's it. Or you can just go over to briefcaseproductions.com. It's all there. Oh, it, it is there. Sorry. Yep. Uh, Matt's in charge of our media. <laughs> it It is tough to run a production company with uh, two people. And I am wildly inaccurate. It is actually not available on our page. Uh, well, we'll make it available then. It will then. be by the time you are listening to this, it will be available. Yes, for sure. Um, so, yeah, we, we did the passenger that, that winter. And... That was pretty much it with the passenger. I mean, we we'll go into later detail more about the film and production, production, and, and all that. We did. Yeah, we had two factory bees. Like now that we were like trying to draw out this timeline, yeah, we realized that we had factory B back to back months. <laughs> Basically, now we we talked a bit about factory B in the last episode, so we don't really have to go into too much of detail. I could have sworn they were like a year apart. They, <laughs> it felt like when they, you're. When you're almost 10 years removed from something, everything feels like a year apart. Um, But yeah, you can go back and listen to, we talked a little bit in detail. And then uh, one of our intentions is to have Rob Dumay on the show. So we'll, we'll talk uh, more detail about that later. We won't bog you down now, but we had two factory B's. The first one had to do with um, paintings uh, and, and film. Yeah. Paintings and film. And then the second one was paintings and poetry. Uh, I think the second one was portraits and poetry could have been which is where i met square painter just throwing the shout out there to square painter shout out to square painter yeah if you like uh digital if you like 8-bit 16-bit and 32-bit graphics and you want to put some of that shit on your walls square painter's your man uh you can search him on etsy and uh twitter and stuff at square painter um but uh so factory b the poetry we make some good friends with some street poets who are still friends of ours to this day that's right yeah there's a bunch um rock Rock, Rock Wilk. Rock Wilk. Worked on this great project with Rock that... Um, Recently, we'll within talk. the last like two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rock Wilk and I worked on this project of his uh, entitled Brooklyn Quartet. Um, actually, we'll get more, we'll get yeah, more we'll, details on th- it later. I think we'll get to it in the episode. Yeah. Uh, Black Angel, she's a sweetheart. We love her. She worked on uh, Based on True Story. Uh, Bonafide. Uh, That's right. Bonafide, too. Another Factory B artist. Great friend. Very intelligent. Very wise. Great writer. Um, so we do the poetry series. Okay. And I think we were doing a little research before we started this episode and it turned out we were trying to do a third, uh, factory B in the year. So that just goes to tell you like how hungry we were and just like, we felt like this was the one, this was what's happening. Um, yeah, man, uh, you know, giving Rob credit, he was the one really hustled. like spearheading this factory B thing, he, he and we hard. were on board. We were all like, fuck yeah. it, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's we're not the, doing nothing else. Yeah. Much. yeah. 
And then, and then here's the weird part. Now, uh, looking at our timeline, we, I guess, what you'd said about um, the email comes in. So I guess the email comes in. Now we got another film pre, and we spend the money, and we now are in our own heads. And I feel like we did that several times. A couple of times after that, after the passenger, we did yeah. it like maybe two or three more times, and we were just like. Then we just hung it up. We we're like, yeah, we're not, we're not for this anymore. We're done. <laughs> yeah, it was too exhausting for me. It was too much pressure. It for me, it was too much pressure to attempt to think outside the box because, like, a lot of the times you get these um, themes or these um, genres or whatever, and you're like, well, everyone's going to do that. We have to do something different. How do we oh stand out? We've, How do we stand out? We've said that so many times during these like little production meetings of trying to do these. Yeah things and you have 100 hours and like literally 8 p.m on a thursday you get your assignment clock's ticking until like sunday at like 8 p.m or something crazy like that monday actually like monday 10 p.m it's more than 100 hours but they market it as like like massage it or whatever yeah Yeah, as 100 hours but i think at this so the passenger technically was our last film in the in the film racing yeah, it was the last one we it did. It was the last one we did until... And I think we went out on top. <laughs> we didn't win anything, but we went out on but top. But Jeff got Best Actor. I was really happy. When when I read that he won Best Actor, I was be, I was fucking ecstatic. And, I was uh, so happy for Jeff. A little anecdotal uh, uh, side note was at the first Factory B with the films, we showcased several uh, Bronx filmmakers because, again, we're the Bronx, and at the time, nobody gave a crap about us. Um, so we did our own thing, thanks to Rob again. We showcased some Bronx filmmakers, and... Um, we actually went out and bought a little trophy, a little award to give to Jeff. A little fake Oscar. Yeah, we gave him a little fake Oscar because uh, we thought it was funny, but all the work he's done for us, he has absolutely earned it. Yeah, he he worked on that feature with us, Least Likely. It's like it was where we first met him. That's where we met him. And then... Uh, oh, you know what's not on this list? What? The Button. Fuck. Look at that. With Alfredo Diaz. So that was our last film. Yes. The Button was the last one we did. That film, one of my favorites. You're going to add that to the list? Yeah, I'm writing it on the list right now. Yep. Um, Another entry into the film racing Grand Prix uh, starring a good friend and an amazing actor. If you watch Daytime Soaps, you've probably seen him, Alfredo Diaz. Uh, He's done such great work. He's a writer, too. He writes some really good stuff. Um, Again, we had our good friend Jeff. Uh, as one of them, as the main character, Alfredo played like the weird roommate, and then there was a young Spanish girl by the name of Via. Via. Yeah, Via. Only worked with her once. Yeah, just she one did, time. Did a fantastic job though. She played Jeff's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was our fi- the final entrance. I think I think the um theme or whatever it was it had to be a red button, a, a button of some yeah. song of some kind. So see, that's the thing. If I told you, you need to make a film about a button, you're probably like, well, what kind of button? A button on a controller? A, a button on a shirt? Yeah. And that's and then it starts to eat at you. Oh, my God, does it eat away. And then we ended up getting an actual red button from Staples. Yeah, the uh, that was easy, button. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And there was nothing easy about making this no. film. Which is so funny because I look at it and I'm like, this was such an easy film. I, I had nothing to do with this. This, again, is, I had nothing to do yeah, with Yeah, this was just me and Rob. We set yeah. up our DSLRs. We shot with two cameras. Mm-hmm. Trying to make it... I, I believe he may have edited, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Like, I actually said, here, go and edit. I, f- I feel like you're right. Yeah. Because, again, you had Electro War stuff. See, this is weird because it's all kind of happening. Like, 
the electric wars was so consuming. So a lot of our stuff fell to the wayside. But mm. for some weird reason, we made time for these inane festivals. Yeah, because we get that. See, like now we get that email. And we don't even call each other. We're like, fuck this. We delete the oh email. My God. Right I don't away. even know why. I'm, I get emails about screenwriting contests. I'm oh, like, screen- oh, I should. Oh, no, I shouldn't. No, I, no. Don't do it to yourself. So I think I finally unsubscribed. I should probably <laughs> and do that. Spammed. <laughs> the Grand now, Prix. Now, really quickly, those are our experiences with it. If you want to test your chops, like go out there and do it. See, just try. Enter contests, enter festivals. But you know what was great about these little festivals? Like mm-hmm. you got to see the caliber of work that other people did. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and some of us, like though, we did one. Um, and I remember I, we did it in a way that we used a bunch of poets. We, we didn't even do a film. We did something really out of the box. Okay. Something completely different was with Lila. Uh, aka high priestess mm, another uh, good friend of ours slash poet uh poetry group and we did something with them and we submitted it right and it didn't win anything but then we saw the film that won and it was a film Air in italian mm-hmm. with english subtitles mm-hmm. with all still pictures and it was fucking brilliant oh okay you were saying that Dr. Like- macanudo they called them. Okay. All right, which macanudo in Spanish means like kind of slick. Okay. You know? So we watched this film and we were like, that film has to fucking win. Yeah. I looked at Francisco. I was like, because Francisco shot it with me, the the, the poetry thing. Mm-hmm. And we looked at each other like, yo, that fucking film's going to win. And Lord and behold, they were the ones that won. Yeah. And they just did it with a still camera before it was like DSLRs. Sure. You know, it just goes to show you never know. And then now you, you go and you look for the best. I go and I look for the worst and I'm like, we're better than that. <laughs> I mean, there's it's not, some, the, there's it's some, not the way to approach it. I admit, but sometimes, some, no, but there's some projects you look at, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? I give you an A for effort. Cause you know what? It's not easy. How no. many, how many times have we gotten the, the assignment and been like, nope, we're done, which yeah. means we never submitted. Yeah. We didn't half even the battle. We didn't even start right. No, half the battle is showing up. So. I, I jokingly sit around and go, we're better than that. But the truth of the matter is, if you submit, you're better than I am. So yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I do. But you know, that I'm just a hateful person. <laughs> so also that somewhere between least likely. Um, I don't know if we talked about it or touched upon it. Um, Elijo Solo. Uh, we didn't. I th- I th- no. I, you know, if we didn't, let's briefly touch on it. Elijo Solo. I decided to start shooting. Um, around the time I want to say summer of 2009 mm-hmm. um, dad was sick mm-hmm. just had a bad breakup mm-hmm. and I needed to get the fuck out of the country yep I've been there so except I just go I, to I go to, I go to you and Rob yeah there's actual photos of this of you and Rob in the house Rob like in front of my hunched dresser over hunched over, over <laughs> typing you sitting on a chair and me sitting on the bed like kind of man thinking uh-huh. you know and I was like, well, I already booked my ticket to go. You guys need to finish the script because I'm going to go shoot it. <laughs> so I booked a two-week vacation to Argentina. And I'm linking, up, vacation. I'm linking up with Francisco, which was my producer at HITN. Who now had moved out. He moved back to Argentina, left yeah. New York, said, fuck it. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back home. Mm-hmm. And um, when he said, decided to go, I'm like, don't be surprised if I show up with a script to go shoot. Well, I showed up without a script. And I was like, yo, you ready I'm to go ready shoot? <laughs> <laughs> I grab my EX1 and my, I grab my EX1, I grab my hard drive, I grab my boom pole and my microphone 
and I hightail it to Argentina. So as I'm like in the air, you and Rob are pretty much shooting ideas back and forth. To be fair, and I've said this to you a dozen times. I know you did. You still refuse to, but whatever. You were in the room. I got to give you credit. You were in the room. I was in the room once for the first writing session. I'm not, I wrote nothing for this. Rob did all the writing, but somehow I still have a writing credit. But Rob emails you the script. You get out there. You do your thing. You come back. And two, so in two weeks, yeah. we have to shoot this almost feature film. <laughs> well, okay. What was supposed to be a feature film? Translated to Spanish. Do the casting. Because it was written in English. Because it was written in English. Locations, etc. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Right? I don't know what the fuck I was thinking at that time. You were real hungry and uh, and insane. Oh, I think insane's the word. I don't know about. Hu- I'm always hungry, but I'm definitely <laughs> insane for like trying to pull this off. Yeah. So I get out there. I get my cousin involved. Mm. I, I I link up with people that I've made friends with on MySpace at the time that yeah. carried over to Facebook. Sure. Casting people, and I'm still friends with each and one of those individuals till this day. Long story short. I shoot half of the film. So I come back, I land in JFK. From JFK, I get picked up and shoot straight over to the least likely set. <laughs> With like hardly any sleep, same camera, all my gear ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, the, this is the scene where you're getting punched in the face in South Street Seaport. Oh, man. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, in the back alley. Yep. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's pretty much going to take us to the next episode, I believe. Oh man, we really made it in four. We're making it in four. I think we can. The, we we haven't because remember, I go back to Argentina a year later to complete Elijo Solo, which still Literally, wasn't completed. Was yeah, which it wasn't completed. So I go back a year later, a whole year later, mm-hmm. a whole girlfriend later, <laughs> okay? a whole human being, a later. whole human being later. Right, pops is pops is already passed away. Mm-hmm. Right. So I said, fuck it, I need to finish this film. Mm-hmm. I go back for a week to Argentina. Mm-hmm. But the funny part is the way I got there. Because I was supposed to get hooked up through a friend of mine through JetBlue. Supposed to leave from LaGuardia mm-hmm. to Ohio or Chicago. Oh, my God. And then from there, I take the flight to, from, from there to Argentina. <laughs> so it's a standby. But it's uh, like super cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh no, I think it was free. No, yeah. no, it was free. If it's standby, it's free. Right. So I'm I'm waiting standby, waiting standby. I went to the airport at eleven ten in the morning, mm-hmm. no standby. I waited in that airport until about four o'clock when they finally said no no standby. Oh man. So I go from LaGuardia uh-huh. to JFK. I put it on a credit card and I book my flight yeah. at, at like ten o'clock at night. Oh my god. Go to Argentina. Try to finish the film. Yeah. The main actress was nowhere to, nowhere to be found Ooh. until the night that we actually shoot. She just like popped up. I didn't, literally, she popped out like the fucking trunk of a car. <laughs> she was nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Francisco took his role a little too seriously. Pretty much. So I go there for a week this time instead of two. Mm-hmm. I finish what was on the script. Yeah. I end up being in the film because because I didn't want to get rid of the character. Yeah. I come back, I finish it, and I think a year later it finally goes to cons. Two thousand and I can't even remember. I mean, no, this 15. is no, not, this is years, bro. I think it's like three years later, and I finally finished editing the film. Oh, yeah, because if if I started in two thousand nine, mm-hmm. I finished it in two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Went back, I, yeah, and mm-hmm. then 
2010 I go back, mm-hmm. I finish shooting. I don't start I don't finish editing until 2015. And there's another life lesson to be learned about filmmaking. Get it all first. Oh, Jesus Don't Christ. fly back to Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> and don't wait for the main actor's nephew to grow up. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to do, like, the podcast just on this. Oh, uh, this is going to be a good one. The yeah. kid's 22 years old now. He's like, holy Christ. He's like a splitting image of Francisco. Uh, it's insane. He's a whole adult. And then his little sister that's in the scene of the film, too, like, running around when he's, like, remembering, like, a flashback. Mm-hmm. His little sister's, like... 18. She's like a supermodel now. Oh my god! Yeah, she's like a supermodel now. It's insane. It's Ooh, insane. Like shit, I said, that's a, that's a lot. To, that yeah. whole film is gonna be like two episodes or something. Uh, it, 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 it took me two years to finish it <laughs> and edit it. Yeah, the post production on it. No, but but Rob said something about that. He goes, it just shows you that you like don't fucking quit. It's true. You know what I mean? Like some people at that point a year but, later would have been like, fuck forget it. Forget it. Yeah, I. I don't know, maybe part of it was because at the time my dad was alive when I started the film and I mm-hmm. wanted to finish it for yeah. him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know if maybe that was in the back of my head because all I remember, like I remember when I was in Toronto mm-hmm. about to shoot the tattoo convention, mm-hmm. I was in the hotel room day one finishing all the subtitles to, oh to submit it for this London film festival. Yeah. I remember just doing subtitles, which is the worst fucking thing ever. <laughs> and I remember doing the subtitles and sending it out and it finally got there. It didn't get in, but yeah. I, it just felt accomplished then. Yeah. And There's, then it's something to be said to me for meeting a deadline under like crazy restriction, um, crazy circumstances. Rather. Yeah. So the original cut of the film was 42 minutes long. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I think I really was like so keen on like, I want this to be my first feature. Yeah, and then I looked at it. I was like, "There's no fucking way this people are gonna sit down for 42 no, minutes and yeah, watch this thing." Yeah, then I did a 32 minute cut. Yep, screened it at the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Crickets. Yep, crickets. <laughs> worst screening ever. And then I finally said, "Fuck it, I need to chop it down." Mm-hmm. It got down to 22 minutes. Yeah, and then it went to cons. Yeah, there's not much else after that. After that, you don't have a film. Nah, after that, it's like <laughs> just move on. I mean, like some crazy part of me sometimes wants to go back. I'm like, no, no. don't do it to yourself. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. How much of a masochist are you? You know, how much of a sadist are you? Pretty much. So yeah, man, it, it finally, you know, I finally finished the film. It gets into cons. I get to go to cons. I did a little GoFundMe because I needed the funds at the time. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have money to spend like that, but um, going to cons is going to cons was an experience in its own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it got into the short film corner. Mm-hmm. I screened the film for like five people. <laughs> <laughs> it's legit a corner, right? It's, like it's a corner literally a corner that they give you, man. So like, like when like people say they go to cons, you're like, did you get in? What to part of cons? Cons? Or yeah. Did you get into the short film corner? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Don't, don't worry. There's two news articles for our local newspapers. Me and Dave have both been in. I'm like, uh, I personally was like, yeah, three of my films have gone into cons. Like, where have you been, dummy? <laughs> Meanwhile, there's short film corners. Because if you don't ask these questions, uh, you get away with everything. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> even the card said, like, cons, short film corner. Like, when yeah. I have done up the business card. Yeah. Like, I wasn't trying to fake the funk. Ugh. You know what I mean? I try to be as real as possible with people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so then we somehow, mm-hmm. after this, decide to go back <laughs> because we're fucking masochists. Yes. We go back to attempt, mm-hmm. and I do say attempt, mm-hmm. to shoot heart transplant again. So, yes, I really took it on the chin. I was very, uh, you know, like, okay with it. I mean, I wasn't okay with it, but how 
okay could I have possibly have been? Like, what am I going to do? Kick, scream, and cry? That's not going to bring my film back. So, you know, I let it go for a long time. Exactly. Like, do you cry like a bitch about it and say, oh, boo-hoo, poor me? Or say, put on your big boy pants and like, fuck it, let's go do this again. Yeah. So, I guess I put on my big boy pants and uh, I wanted to try it again. So, this time I assembled kind of a different team and the approach was a little different and... Um, we got the same cast. They were very gracious. They were fantastic the first time. They were just as great the second time. Um, and I went in and we shot it. And um, when I came home, I had all the footage. It's <laughs> one thing we made sure of. Oh, we had God. all the footage. Um, Dude, I think I made sure yeah. that everything fucking played back from the beginning we hit the slate until you yelled cut yeah i think that's why it also took us longer yeah because i was so I'm meticulous so nervous so nervous meticulous traumatized traumatized definitely. you know what i mean battered so, filmmaker syndrome oh, jesus christ dude. i think we <laughs> invented i think we invented battered filmmaker t- battered syndrome filmmaking syndrome well that's a t-shirt you'll soon be able to buy at briefcaseproductions.com um <laughs> but uh so i get home i take a few days like i always do i want to like decompress from it and then I sit down and I start looking at the footage and it just, I don't know if my uh, heart wasn't in it. I felt like my heart was in it that day. I know that for certain I wasn't getting what I wanted out of one of the particular actors. And every time I tried to coax it out, it just wasn't happening. So I felt a little discouraged like on set, which was weird. And I don't know if it carried out through the rest of the day or beyond. And then when I looked at the footage, it just... It just wasn't, for lack of a better term, it wasn't doing it for me. So I sat with the footage for a while and I combed through it and I let it go. A week later, I came back. I tried to do it again and it just, it wasn't there. The The original spark that grabbed me about the story just was not there. When we first shot it, I was in a very, you were talking about how your father was sick. You were just broken up. You had like a whole bunch of stuff going on. Something was happening to me at that time that really resonated with the story. And, of course, I wasn't in that place anymore. Was, wow, what are we talking about? Almost three years later. Yeah. I forgot the gap between the first time we shot yeah. and the second time we shot. It was, it was a second big gap. And, and, you know, it had nothing to do with the crew. It had nothing to do with the cast. Maybe it had a little to do with the crew. Maybe it had a little to do with the cast. But it had a lot more to do with me. And so, at the end of the day, I shelved it. Um, you know, I gave out, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um Reels for reels. the actors. Thank you. I, oh my god, I can't believe I blanked on that. I gave out reels to the actors because they did a good job. You know, they wanted set their reels. it up. I slap it down. There it is, uh, like Shaq. Um, and we just really dated ourselves with that one. You know that? <laughs> I almost said Kobe and Shaq, but <laughs> but uh, but yeah. At the end of the day, I shelved it, and and I've never really looked back. Once in a blue moon, I'll think about it. And I'm like, maybe I should give it a go, and then I'm like, nah, it's not. See, I can relate to you with mm-hmm. that because. I had a film I shot in Hunter. It was my first film on 16 millimeter. Mm-hmm. And I look back on it. I'm like, oh, this is horrible. Like no one's <laughs> ever seen it. I think the only people that seen it has been the actors because yeah. um, I think part I think part of the curriculum was that the actors need their copy no matter what. Right. No matter if you're happy with it, yeah. sad with it, discouraged mm-hmm. with it, they needed a copy. So the only people that seen that is myself mm-hmm. and the two poor, three poor actresses and actors <laughs> I had in that film. Yeah. It's just one of those things you're just like... It happens. It does. No, it does happen. And I, like I said, like what we're trying to do with this podcast is be like, 
Hey, listen, man, you're not alone. If you've been through it, we've probably been through it as well. If you're a one in a million where you just, you you hit a grand slam on your first out and like great for you, but for all of us mere mortals, you know, who, who bat maybe under 500, you know, it, it is what it is. So, yeah, that happens. I shelf it. Every once in a blue, I swear to you, I pop it up and I glance at it and I think now it's... It's it's best left where it is. You know, I, I loved everyone who worked on it. We're all still friends. Uh, one of the actresses has gone on to... She's starring like, alongside like Eric Roberts and something. She's Hillary doing Greer. Well. Hillary Greer. Hel- Hillary Greer. Greer. A.K.A. Hot for Teacher. Yes. Oh, dear God, yes. <laughs> Dave has a very small thing in his pants for her. Oh, yeah. Tiny, <laughs> tiny thing. It's got a thumbnail. Uh <laughs> Twice I almost made Dave spit his beer out. Um, and after that, then I think, you know, so you finalize Alio Solo. You finally put a pin in and you're like, this is done. I finally move on from it. <laughs> 2015. The, the second I get off the plane from Cos, I'm like, this thing is done. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Right. But no, bullshit. I send it to another festival. You fucking asshole. Gets into the Golden Door Film Festival. In New Jersey. Yeah. The one in Jersey. Yeah. Dirty Jersey. Nice and, festival. Yeah. Decent sized festival. Everyone was really uh, nice and to us. We had some good crowd reception. Uh, Definitely. But yeah. I think at this point, we're like, what's next? That's it. We need to move on. <laughs> we can't go. This, we can't keep going back. This, yeah, this becomes the new mantra for us. Like, okay, great. What's next? Yeah. We did that. Now, what's next? You know, like there's the thing in wrestling that's like, uh, you're only as good as your last match. Like, okay, well, now we have to get better. And so you had this crazy idea. You, you, pitch me this idea you're like okay look because at this point i think you and i pretty much decided like because now rob has departed uh it's you and me and for a while we bounced around like staying briefcase we kind of talked about other monikers and so on and so forth but, rob and louisa yeah rob and louisa had, had uh, departed um for everything else that they're doing now which they're flourishing in and you and i i think we kind of eventually settled again like you know, why don't we rehash briefcase? Because I think for a while we were doing stuff like not under briefcase. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, why not briefcase? Like we started there. We had a lot of good stuff there. We can keep, I guess, the name alive or whatever. And so this idea that you pitched me, I, I wrote a script for it. And you, you <laughs> like a bullet, you went out and you fucking did it. Mm-hmm. You're like, I got these actors, I got these people. I'm going to do it. And I got the location. We're going to do it. And so that became In God We Trust. And then... Now, a little different with In God We Trust was that... I didn't DP or camera op this time. Passenger, I had Mikey camera op, mm-hmm. but I still DP'd, even though we didn't set up any lights. Right. I just pretty much told him where the camera was going and where to move the camera, and he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, we shot in broad daylight. Yeah, exactly. So that was like, not even. I don't even think we used a reflector, man. If nope. you think about it, we didn't use none, nothing. No. It was just straight camera and, and yeah. post. The famous fix it in post, mm. but we didn't have to fix anything in post. We just had to desaturate. We had, a, we had, a, we had to fix the balloon pop in post. But anyway, um, so we do in God we trust. Yep. I decide not to DP, mm-hmm. not to camera op, and we hire Max, good old Max, Max Lewin to to DP. Yep. Uh, we get this great location. Yep. Um, up in Westchester, I believe. Yeah, it's definitely in Westchester. I don't yeah. remember where exactly. Um, Eastchester actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Eastchester. This great church. <laughs> it's Westchester. It's Eastchester. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> so we get this dope little church. Yep. We get Fredo in there. Oh, and we Fredo get Diaz. and we get Kieran. We get <laughs> Kieran Sequoia up in this mug. So if you are a fan of Breaking Bad, Kieran Sequoia has a 
brief appearance in season one. It's not a cameo. It's a fucking role she played in that. Was it? Okay, so she has a role. Yeah, it's a role. She plays a news reporter in season one who is all in red. That's all I ever remember. She's yeah. all in red in the in uh, the White's family home interviewing Walter White and his son. Mm. I, if I'm not mistaken, it could be the season finale that she's in. Because I think season one was only six, seven episodes of them. Something like that. Something super short. Because of the writer's strike. Because of the writer's strike that time. So Save Jesse Pinkman's life right there. Save Jesse Pinkman from getting <laughs> killed off. And got Kieran in a dope-ass um, little spot some, on Breaking Bad. So now we got some star power. Yeah, I was excited. <laughs> no, she's great. She's fantastic. A little quirky like all actors are, but she's great. She's, she's great been, to work with. And, and moving forward, she's been... Uh, very instrumental in a lot of uh, decisions we make. We we always talk to her because she's got a different um, side of the production industry. Mm. She's always got some good insight, stuff we don't think about, we don't consider. So we always talk to her. She's great. It's Kieran, if you're listening, much love. So we shouldn't got retrust. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, Rob does the rewrite. Rob did a rewrite, yes. So even though we weren't briefcase, we still wanted to collaborate with Rob in some shape way or form he, you know i think it's because he's done a lot of great work for us previous you mm. know elijo solo de facto the passenger uh you know even though they weren't some of our uh, i don't know crowning achievements but things like uh best way to get fired easiest way to get easy fired. way excuse me the easiest way to get fired like i even though that film didn't do anything i still love it because of its premise and mm. we'll get to that later but yeah i mean he's still a trusted ally of ours like you know his opinion is very um, respected still to this day. I mean, we still, I mean, pretty much when we get the, you know, the the train back on the track, so to say, mm-hmm. of Chiron's Fair, mm-hmm. I mean, he's pretty much one of the main writers very, as well. Yeah. He and I, head writers of that. Yep. So if that ever comes to fruition. So we do In God We Trust. And just for shits and giggles, I send it to cons. Yeah. And it gets in again. So this is <laughs> the third film we've gotten in. We got in Chiron's Fair, mm-hmm. Elijo Solo, and now in God We Trust. Now, at this point, I'm like, listen, I, I went to cons. It's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, let me... Let me, let me not go yeah, again. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... It's a pricey it, meetup. It's a price. Yeah. And then if, like, am I really going to do another GoFundMe? Are people going to be like, really, dude, you're asking me money again <laughs> to do the same thing you did? Last year yeah, or the so, year before. So I would... If, I, if, I, if we were to do a GoFundMe... Mm-hmm. It would be to fund the project this time. Yeah, that's what I. That's the way I felt. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me see if I could save up for it. Nah, it didn't happen. And then I sent it to the Santa Fe Film Festival, which is where Kieran's residing. Yeah, Kieran, so Kieran right now is is uh, working in production out at out in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And she tells me about this festival. She's like, listen, submit it to this festival. It's a really great festival. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah, and why not? What have I got to lose? A couple exactly. Bucks? Yeah, 30 bucks, whatever. Yeah. And it gets in. <laughs> and what I loved about the Santa Fe Film Festival, they really do make sure to do like, uh, what's it called? Their due diligence for filmmakers? No, no, no. Like, they, they activities. Oh. They literally put together activities. Workshops. For, for meet and greets. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So there was this really cool one that they did. It was kind of like, it was a pub crawl. But not <laughs> a pub. It was like an art crawl. Okay. Because one thing about Santa Fe is that it's a huge, huge um, place for art. Right. Like physical art. Like yeah. uh, there's a huge, Paintings, there's, a, there's a huge Giorgio O'Keefe exhibit. Yes. In New Mexico that I got to 
go a chance to get to go see. I know. I love looking and, at vaginas. Yeah, too. everyone kept saying, did you go see all the vaginas? I'm like, no, man. It's just not about vaginas. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly about vaginas, but it's not all about vaginas. <laughs> no, I got I got two two great photos um, that they sell at the art store. Prince. Prince. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not vaginas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the only like the only two pieces of Keith is working on that are not no, vaginas. Th- this is a really great photo of her like in like this little like... I don't even know what to call it. It's like a, not a desert, but it's like a little like rock thing with water going around it. A stream? No, not even a stream. <laughs> a brook? I, I, know, I know there's a certain okay. name for it. I just can't remember it right okay, now. Okay, anyway. Uh, I got these two great little art pieces. From this art crawl. Yeah. Um, so they, they have an art <clears throat> crawl. They have like this this uh, a karaoke night to open. <laughs> no, yeah. That's what I love is filmmakers doing karaoke. Yeah, There's nothing yeah. worse. <laughs> you know? And what's cool is that some of the films, not all, get to get screened mm-hmm. at the George R. R. Martin Theater. Oh. So there I got to see a really cool documentary on Dennis Hopper, which I had no idea at the time when I get picked up from the airport, mm-hmm. right, that I get picked up with this older gentleman, mm-hmm. right, and you mean like as another passenger yeah okay yeah, so two people get picked up you and this older gentleman yeah me and this it. older gentleman you know i'm not used to getting picked up at the airport <laughs> you know what i mean like I, you know you I get, can't even get my friends to pick me up from the airport <laughs> exactly so you know i get to cons and it's like 80 dollar cab ride for 15 <laughs> minutes yeah. yeah man like they literally switch all the prices and menus of course the second you get uh, yeah. the festival starts the americans in. are here quick dude so i get um, i'm waiting at the airport and there's a guy there like holding like a cart and everything with your name on it. Oh my God. You know what I mean? It says my name and someone else's I would have taken a picture like this will never happen. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I get in, I get into the car, the cab, mm-hmm. and it was a fucking Tesla. Wow. So it was like this is small little like cab company in mm-hmm. New Mexico that only had Teslas. That's pretty cool. It's fucking, yeah, it was amazing. Like first time in a Tesla... And you know the driver's all like, "Hey, check this out!" And he's like, he hits the he hits the change you know to change lanes. He yeah. puts on the, the the blinker, the blinker, and the car slowly starts shifting into the next lane. He's oh not even God. controlling it. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Tesla does not sponsor this show, so <laughs> let's hold all those stories about the Tesla. So I get into this cab, and there's this you know this European guy, mm-hmm. you know, big heavy set coat hat, and. In the middle of the desert. And, yeah, and he's just like, so where are you from? You know, what, what are you? I was like, oh, I'm from New York. I got a short film in. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. I was like, what um, what are you doing what here? What are you doing here? You know, he's like, oh, I did a documentary on Dennis Hopper. And I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking dope. I love Dennis Hopper. I love Dennis Hopper. You know yeah. what I mean? This is like what a fanboy I am. Like I had like, you ever seen that I rocked that like Dennis Hopper shirt that he's rocking yes. like the 16 millimeter camera, mm-hmm. right? So I packed that shirt without even knowing uh. what was going on. <laughs> so, so he tells, he's like, yeah, it's screening this night. You know, it'd be really cool if you go. I was like, oh, absolutely. I'll definitely go. And we were the only ones staying at this particular hotel mm. at the time because the, the, they fucking they sold out one hotel. Yeah, you kind of you kind of got that little last minute thing. Yeah, so he's like, "Listen, this hotel's booked. This is the only hotel that they have as a backup. There's only you and a few other people staying there." So at the time that I didn't know his name, which Dennis Hopper called um, his name his, for him for him was Herm the Germ. 
because I have no idea. It's in the documentary though. Something tells me he was German. Yeah, judging well, by that, your yeah. accent. Yeah. So <laughs> so he called him Herman the German for like because this is also the second documentary he did on Hopper. There's another one right. he did, I think, on the artwork of Dennis Hopper. Mm-hmm. Um, but his name uh, is Herman Vask, mm-hmm. V A S K, and he's like, yeah, I have this documentary and. And like I had no idea how big this guy really was, so I, I get to the theater for the screening, and someone walks right by me, towering figure, mm-hmm. sits about two rows in front of me, and it's Michael Madsen. Uh, he is a big dude, yeah, tall fucking. Dude. You're gonna bark all day, little doggy. <laughs> You're gonna bite. So I'm like, oh, cool, fucking Michael Madsen's here. This is yeah. dope. So they screen the documentary, really cool turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, they screen it at the Georgia R. R. Martin Theater, mm-hmm. and so Herm. The germ walks up, and then I see Michael Madsen walking up. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Turns out he produced the thing. Uh, yeah. So, so there they are. They do the little Q and A, nice little turnout, and you know, this whole time I should have cab ride with the director, the director yeah. of this awesome ass fucking documentary. Which is another life lesson: you never know who you're sitting next to. Never. Be kind to everyone because the feet you step on today may be attached to the hand that feeds you tomorrow. That is, I think that's an original. I think I said that. I hope so. You better, coin that. you better coin that fucking thing. <laughs> you better coin that fucking thing and make some money. So you screen at Santa Fe. So he screens at Santa Fe. Nice little turnout. We were, <clears throat> we were putting that thing into the religious category. I mean, with a name with a guy we trust. I'm not. And the oh, fact what? that it takes place in a church with a nun. Yeah. You know, and like, I think the, the name of the film is kind of misleading if you think about it. It is. As is everything we do. <laughs> because, you know, we're so edgy. Um, so that wraps, right? We call it a day on that one. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. We're done with that one. Uh, we're thinking of... What's next? Well, you know, what's next for Briefcase? What else are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that me and Joe got really drunk one night. <laughs> As is most great ideas starting. And we started watching Dog Day Afternoon. And from there, Joe comes up with this crazy fucking idea the craziest of ideas <laughs> it still to this day almost doesn't make sense <laughs> and and i turned i was like this is something matt should fucking direct <laughs> i will shoot the shit out of this fucking thing but matt has to direct this. there's no way i'm <laughs> I, this I, is right up matt's alley i have this no is, idea if that's a compliment or no not. this is this is like <laughs> your type of film i was like there's no i was like i won't do justice to it matt yeah. has to fucking so the idea comes across the table and, and we pitch it to you and you just run with it. I, you just you get on your fucking high horse and you're like, okay, I'm out. And you go fucking do that script. And I wrote the crap out of that. I wrote the crap out of it. We got some great actors. I directed the crap out of it. You shot the crap out of it. And I edited the crap out of it. And that film uh, was a comedy. I think it was one of the first comedies. I think it, well, compared, it depends on how you look at some of the other ones. Like I personally think The Button's a comedy, but it's not. The Button is definitely a comedy. I feel it is a comedy. Okay. And so is uh, The Easiest Way to Get Fired. Yes, that's definitely a comedy. Those are definitely comedies. Yeah. Um, but this one was... This, so, was this was something else. This is like... It's just a... Like, oh, man. I was going to say something really fucked up, but I'm glad I did. Good call. But it's just a bunch of guys who it's have a, no idea what the fuck they're doing. Which is almost... Meaning, meaning the, the characters within yeah, 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 the yeah. script, not the actual. I, I was actors. gonna say it's almost like Briefcase Productions, a bunch of guys who want to make a film and have no clue, and they just fumble through it. But 
So, there's, you know, we create this short film. Everyone was fantastic in it. Like, I couldn't ask for a better cast and crew. We had a very small crew. Couldn't ask for anything better. Unfortunately, I procrastinate and it sat for a while. And then through some work contacts and through some mutual contacts, they were like, the Yonkers Film Festival is, um, you know, we we do our opening ceremony at your place of work. So I was like, holy cow, why don't I really try and get it in there? This is great. I need a deadline. So uh, long story short, I do. It it's eeks, and I mean eeks on in. And so I get into my first film festival, and I'm elated. And then I'm like, well, all these films that we've done, we've had three films at uh, cons. Like anyone can get at cons. I submit to cons, and I don't get in. <laughs> so children, not anyone could get in, not with that fucking attitude. <laughs> I remember you texting me going, I fucked up the streak. We didn't get it. I ruined the streak. Yeah. I was like, ah, dude, don't even worry about it, man. <laughs> no, it's it's not important. It really isn't. Um, the most important thing is that we finished all our projects and we put them out and they're fully visible for people. You know, they're not sitting on a shelf somewhere. They're not in my brain. They're not, you know, on the editing room floor somewhere. They've been finished and that's it. Because at the end of the day, a lot of what I put into a film or what I want out of a film is something I would watch and I feel at times I make films just for me just for us and if you know if I'm happy if you're happy then that's all that really matters to me and if someone else really enjoys it well that's a bonus and so when it went to festival the handful people that saw it at the uh, Yonkers Film Festival enjoyed it Uh, I don't know why they paired us up with those other films those other films they were so random I I felt like they were really random not that the film sucked. It's no. just that the genres didn't make sense. No, I had no like, idea. Like one was a fantasy. I believe the first one, we had no idea what it was. One was like a one was um a, a time travel thing that almost didn't make any sense as time travel until the very like the last possible frame of the film was like, "Oh, it's time travel." Okay. Yeah. And then another one was like the first third of a three-act horror film sort of. Yeah. It was just it just didn't make it. And then here comes along this like dick and fart joke comedy about three guys who think they can rob a bank. So, because basically, um, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot the name of the movie. Based? <laughs> Based on a true story. Okay. <laughs> well, because we call it Boats. Yeah, we call it Boats. So, if you have to categorize it, it's a comedy slash heist film. In some way, yes. In, in a, it's a heist film in the way Reservoir Dogs is a heist film. Yeah. That there's no actual heist. But it's, it's a heist. But it's comedy it's centered around a heist yeah, yeah. i know it's absolutely a comedy yeah. oh it absolutely is <laughs> comedy of errors maybe i don't know how hard we laughed when we came up with the line replica oh replica replica i, I don't want to give it away but oh, replica replica is so funny but so then what we did was we had a screening for the full cast and crew whoever could make it yeah we did it at bruce where we shot it and we shot at brewski's in the bronx shout out to brewski's brian and his father great great guys they're very kind to us they allowed us to do this. They wanted us to do the screening over there. They're mm-hmm. like, you, when you're done, let us know. So we had a really cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. We had a great screening there. Uh, a couple of the cast members came through. It was Q and A afterwards. Really great. A lot of great reception. You know, um, and it feels nice. Like I said, I made this film and I'm very proud of it. I'm very happy with it. It still makes. You know, I edited. It. I watched it something like a hundred plus times and I still laugh at it, which is a testament to something. 
Yeah. I mean, if you could still watch it and still get something out of it, you're good. Yeah. Because there's like some films of mine, I'm just like, I am not, no. <laughs> Never. Like if I were to screen any of the older films yeah. somewhere, I'll probably walk out and then come back I, in when I it's done. I can't say I blame you. I can't, I can't look at it anymore. Yeah, it's like when I listen to like my first band's demo and I'm like, oh, this is awful. But, uh, you know, we had a great, uh, a great time with that. We wrapped that. And, of course, what's next? So I had a script, this idea for a Twilight Zone type uh, script. And I just started writing it. And it was done. And we said, all right, this is, let's do this. But between said project and boats, mm-hmm. we came across uh, what we like to call now a shit fire. Oh, which I know we could definitely leave for an entire eight-part podcast of what not to do. All right. <laughs> let me let me lay it down real quick. So. I think we should bleep it out every time we say shit fire. Like we just oh, let... That's so much work for me. Just leave shit, but, you know, beep out, bleep out the fire. <laughs> the people are going to be kinda, how to edit. Because it kind of adds backwards. Like, wait a second. They said shit, but they bleeped something out. <laughs> What's the word? All right, so very briefly, we um, we talked about the projects we worked on. Now, there's a period of time where I was doing production audio for um, film students at Columbia, getting paid to do that. I, so I worked on a handful of short films. Dave, you've, through oh, the grapevine, God. worked on a bunch of stuff. Good and bad all at the same time. Yeah, uh, and you made a contact, and through that contact, this person was a writer, they had their own script. It was for a pilot. So I get approached for this pilot. Yeah. Right. And I go, all right, cool. You see me work on set. Mm-hmm. Either do you want me to direct or do you want me to DP? I don't do both. Mm-hmm. I specifically said that at the first meeting, the Jump. words out of my mouth. I don't DP and direct at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'll DP and edit. I'll direct and edit. But I won't. But I'm not going to DP and direct anymore. No, I want you to DP. Perfect. I have a great director in mind. And I throw you and I and I, th- and I, and I hook you in. Yeah. <laughs> so I get the script and I read through it and I'm like, I have a lot of problems. I would like to meet with the person who wrote this. And we talk a bunch and I give some notes and that script comes back and I go, all right, well, you have a budget. All right. We're going to get paid. Amazing. Because this is like one of the first times we're really going to be like on a project getting paid. Like legit money too. Legit money. Yeah. yeah. Not like I'm going to hit you up for 300 bucks. And you're going to do the whole hour long whole... pilot. Yeah. No, no. We got per diems. We got. Yeah. Dope ass locations. Yeah. Pretty. Dope Even though they were far as fuck. Um, so. I swear that guy up there has like bodies somewhere. Dude. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into detail. So we're working on this project and it very quickly becomes apparent that the person who has approached us, the person who wrote it, um, doesn't have all the ducks in a row. No, not at all. And right. it very Far quick, from it. Very quickly become, become, begins to unravel, fall apart, and personnel starts to get fired. Uh, yeah, first three, three to four days I think we shot were great. Yeah, everything was fine. We thought it was mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. We spoke to the producer. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden... It wasn't fine. It wasn't fine. <laughs> Unbeknownst to us. Yeah. Um, now, we learned probably some of our most valuable lessons from that shoot, from that production. And without going into great detail and making this podcast any longer, all I will say is, I got released. 
Uh, Dave then took on the directing and DPing role. What what ended up really kind of coming out of this was it put fire up under my ass to finish based on a true story. Yeah. So the silver lining was I got to finish based on a true story. That's right. Because while I was off directing and shooting and DPing, mm-hmm. after I said I wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's funny when they're like, you say no, but like, okay, we'll give you this much. And like, okay. Yeah. You, if I, you, I couldn't say no. One of the best quotes from a cartoon and from our childhood is from Gargoyles. And the villain says, if you pay a man enough, he'll walk barefoot into hell. That's been one of the things I've kept with me all these years. Touche. Yeah. Dave goes on to DP and direct and then come 4th of July weekend. I'm in Philadelphia with my now wife, just having a great time. And Dave calls me and says, Hey, Matt, guess what? I just got fired. (laughs) (laughs) So after three days, after... Let's see. It's been about two months because it was April, I think, when I got released. And May, then, June. Then we had to come back and do some reshoots. You had to restructure the whole shoot. Yeah, I, I come back after yeah. a little hiatus. And I come back and shoot. And then all of a sudden, everything I shot is useless. Mm-hmm. And me me being the emotional person I was <laughs> kind of threw me in a fucking tailspin for a yeah. while. Because at that time, like, you know, I didn't shoot Welcome Home. No, I decided to produce. I was mm-hmm. I was very well. That didn't come until later. Yeah, I, I was very uh, jaded. I guess you could say. Sure. Is that a word? It, it. I mean, it is a word. Uh, I don't know if it's the word you want. <laughs> I, traumatized. <laughs> well, no, it's it's it sucks. To... My confidence. It fucked up my confidence behind the camera. That makes a lot of sense. You know yeah, what I mean? I can see that because like when you pitched me Welcome Home, I'm like, all right, I'll produce it, and you mm-hmm. were kind of like. You want, yeah. to, you want to produce? I'm like, yeah, I, I could produce the shit out of it. And you did. And I did. <laughs> you did. That's not no no detriment to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I produced the shit out of it. But then, you know, as I was there on set, I was like, fuck, I really miss mm-hmm. being behind the camera, put, setting up this light. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Telling the actor where to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I got fired from that. And. Like I'm glad we could just laugh about it now. Oh, of course, it was you know what I mean? it was awful. There was a whole full year that required litigation. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So for, me, for me, but uh, yeah, so that's that, and that you know, Dave gets shit cans. We laugh about it, and we say what we've been saying for the past couple of years is what's next. And so, this uh, Twilight Zone thing that I had written, Welcome Home, is next. We because uh, we were kind of like trying to do like this little link between our films, like the soldier stories, the remember? soldier stories. I wanted to do a triad of soldier stories. Your uh, In God We Trust revolved around a soldier returning home from war. Suffering from PTSD. Right. My soldier story re, uh, revolved around a gentleman driving on the highway at night who comes across a hitchhiking soldier who is also returning from war. Which is still yet to be released. Uh, where Yeah, it's, it's currently in its uh, log and transfer phase. <laughs> that, yeah, I agree to that. <laughs> um, and then I wanted, I really wanted Rob to do something. Uh, I don't know that I ever approached him about that. So who knows? Maybe. So Rob, if you're listening, get on your soldier story. Get we'll, on it. We'll shoot it for you. <laughs> um, and so we shot. We we used a very good friend of mine, Sean Hamrock, as a DP because he he and I are simpatico. The guy is. An Wait, amazing. was that was that just Spanish? Uh, it might have been Italian. S- simpatico. I'm saying it is an English <laughs> word. Simpatico. Simpatico. <laughs> Simpático. Sim- Gringo de mierda. <laughs> La mierda. 
Hey, there's the radiator. I, and I think that's our cue to wrap up this. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll, I'll run down real quick. Uh, you know, Sean's an amazing photographer. Amazing photographer. And uh, he always expressed interest in shooting films and stuff. And when Dave told me he wasn't going to DP, I said, okay, you're going to produce. Cool. I've got the guy. And we get Sean. We do a couple tests because now we're going to work on green screen, which is something we've never really done before. And um, we get an investor. We go up state and we shoot in this garage. We shoot this film. Mind you, the garage is uh... bigger than my apartment. Anyway, <laughs> so we shoot there. We put this this thing in the can. Again, two great. Again, very very much in our wheelhouse. Limited number of actors. Tiny crew. Overnight shoot. Overnight shoot. Big story. I think that's one of the things we can always say about our stuff. Is like the story's big. But the characters, uh, the the crew is always small. We had a very, what do we have? A six man crew. That's count. We had two actors, one, two, you, me, Sean, and Mike. That's it. Six people. Yeah, that's it. So that film is currently being edited, and the intention is that it will head out to as many film festivals as possible. For sure. And that, my friends, brings you completely up to speed as to where we are. As briefcase production. Fuck, man, that was like having a baby, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Less crying. <laughs> so, not, to, not to mention the podcast that's never going to air. Oh. <laughs> the fir- the first official one. Oh, uh, where we ramble. We rambled for on two and a half hours. Three, uh, three hours, drunk out of our minds. Oh, uh, we weren't that drunk. We were just very loose. We um, were. I mean. It, I, <laughs> It was a. It's a lot to catch up. We thought we were gonna do it in two hours. Oh yeah, we're like, eh, we're just gonna talk Podcast about guys. We're like, nope. no, you <laughs> silly mortals. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, the podcast was something we had talked about for a while, and we thought, hey, it's a great idea for us to, you know, go out there and talk about our um, our comings and goings in the film industry, the trials and tribulations, as we've mentioned a bunch of times before. And probably are so sick of hearing that. Um, uh, you know, we have things on the horizon. Obviously, we're we're a full functioning production company. We have no problem, you know, collaborating with other people. We've done commercial work and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we love doing our own stuff, and and we have a lot of our own stuff to do. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, we got so many things going down the pipe. You know what I mean? Be- besides the the podcast, now we got going mm-hmm. other yeah. things that are going to start popping up on the YouTube channel. Sure. You know, if you, you guys haven't subscribed yet, it's NYC Briefcase mm-hmm. on YouTube. Just All one it, word. Search it just like that. It's uh, you'll see the briefcase production logo. Um, subscribe and hit notifications for when we start putting out new content. Yeah. Um, really, that's kind of it for us. That's I it, mean, man. every episode beyond this now, you'll never hear about our origin story again. <laughs> so I think I think with that said, Welcome Home is going to be the last official short film we do as a company. Um, I mean, we have a few little things here and there we want to do, but I wouldn't consider them films more like skits. I mean, we have ideas for skits. Uh, You might not be wrong that we might not be doing any more shorts. I know that we've been talking about features. So it's time we both fit into those big boy pants now and (laughs) and do a feature. But the shorts are so comfortable. Oh my God, they're so comfortable. (laughs) And these tidy whities just. I think it'll be like 50 degree weather and you'll still wear shorts on set. Really quickly, I think I'm becoming that white guy that wears shorts (laughs) in the winter because it's like 30 degrees outside and I'm out there in just a hoodie and a t shirt. I don't know what's happening to me. You're white. That's what happened. I didn't intend for this. 
Latinos be like, get the mierda de frío, man. Like You're like in seven layers oh, and I'm out there. You're like a seven layer dip and I'm out there just a taco. <laughs> See what I did there? It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, we personally look forward to what the future holds for us. And we look forward to what the future holds for you guys. If you're an independent filmmaker and you're listening to us and you uh, have a funny story you want to share with us or, you know, anything we said sparked some interest in you or you have questions... You know, head on over to our website, which is briefcaseproductions.com. That's all one word, briefcaseproductions, plural.com. There we have um, an email uh, link that you can just email. Both I and Dave will receive it. That is poor grammar, but I don't give a shit. Um, we'll both receive it, and there is a 101% chance that we will respond to you. Um, we hope that things we say inspire you to go out and make film no matter how bad or good it is because you know what you got to start somewhere and the hardest part is starting and putting content out there uh at the end of the day do it for you don't do it for anyone else and then everything else will follow alternatively if you like looking at stuff and scrolling really really quickly on your phone because you really genuinely don't care go over to our instagram that is uh briefcase underscore productions plural and again, there's a bunch of photos from our very own David C. Diaz uh, of his travels to his motherland, his wife's motherland. Uh, you know, there's photos from productions. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff over there. So you can see that we're not just bullshitting you. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, when this is all finished, I still feel like I'm bullshitting someone. I don't know if it's you. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's them. I think we're bullshitting ourselves. We might be bullshitting each other. Yeah. Well, at totally. least we're doing it together. Yeah. In harmony. <laughs> In harmony. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's it for us and our origin story. The next episode, we promise we will get into something else. Maybe we'll start doing our series on our own short films. Uh, maybe we'll have a guess. Maybe question mark. Maybe a blast from the past. Perhaps maybe someone we've already mentioned. Hell, we might even just pick a film and just start talking about why we love it or why we can't stand it. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Or what inspired us? Yeah, what the films that have inspired us. Uh, people we look to as role models, cinematographers, DPs, uh, writers, directors, actors. Doesn't matter. That's what this podcast is about. It's a hodgepodge of everything. Like I said at the jump, it's filmmaking through the eyes of two independent filmmakers. Um, and with that said, on behalf of David and myself, I want to thank you for checking in with us because we of all people know that time is precious. And since you've decided to spend your time with us, we are eternally grateful. Whatever's left in your day, make it good. And please, 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 please watch more movies. We'll see you next time.